Shannon, what is the absolute most important takeaway you want people to hear from this show today? If they hear nothing else, what do you want them to hear? That you really should be able to fully exist in a relationship. Your thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, aspirations, goals, and dreams should be fully present in a relationship. If your partner is not empathic, compassionate, and caring about all those aspects of you, then you are in a toxic relationship. You can get free and you can rebuild your sense of self and your connectedness and your life. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question in this podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation and a warm welcome to our first time listeners. My name is Brent and today my special guest is Shannon Petrovich. Shannon is an author and Shannon is an expert in social work. And Shannon's going to spend some time talking with us about her book, Out of the Fog and Into the Clear, as we dive into toxic relationships and what that looks like and how to get away from that. Shannon, welcome to the Valuable Man Podcast. Thanks so much, Brent. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm grateful you're taking the time, Shannon. Before we start diving deep, though, we got to get to know each other a little bit. So here's a question to start the show. What is a Bombay duck? Is it A, a type of duck, B, a type of curry, C, a type of drink, or D, a type of fish? A fish. A fish? Yeah. Oh. All right, guys, you're going to have to stick around. We'll see if she's right. I'm not going to tell you until <laughs> the end of the show. You have time to stick with the answer, change the answer. You let me know if you change. And who is Shannon Petrovich? I don't do big introductions because it just doesn't do people justice. So who are you now? Well, I've been a therapist for 35 years, and I have about five years ago realized that I wanted to share with a bigger audience than just one person one hour at a time. So I started a YouTube channel called Therapist Talks. And my goal was really to share all the information, strategies, ideas, thoughts, perspectives that I gained over the years with all the millions of people in the whole world that have no access to therapy and no access, sadly, even to therapeutic information. And so in doing that, a lot of people were really gravitating towards and asking lots of questions about toxic relationships, specifically narcissistic relationships. So the more I fielded questions about that and the more I created content around that, the more focused I became. And about a year ago, I realized that I really wanted to help people also get well and really grab hold of the ideas and strategies. And I couldn't do that justice in 10 minute videos. So I pulled together this book, Out of the Fog into the Clear, journaling to help you heal from toxic relationships. And it, my goal was really to give people not just the perspectives and insights, but the tools to walk through a process from realizing you're in a toxic relationship to actually taking care of it, taking care of yourself, setting boundaries, and then finally really reestablishing re yourself and taking care of yourself. Shannon, what's one strange thing about you? <laughs> oh, so many. Well, you can probably see in the background, I have a blonde 1955 stand-up bass and I play bluegrass music. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Big fan of stand-up basses, love it. Amazing sound. What purchase of $100 or less did you make in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? Probably this little microphone in front of me. You know, when I finished the book, then it was sort of the, okay, put it out there. And one of the things I kept reading was, you've got to get on podcasts. And so I thought, oh, that's too daunting. <laughs> and then I found out that there was this thing called Podmatch. It's sort of like Tinder for podcast guests and hosts, <laughs> to be a little grotesque, but, but it's a matching service and it has been so incredibly helpful. And I've gotten dozens of, of podcast opportunities. And it's just amazing to me to be able to talk to people from all over the world. I've talked to hosts from South Africa, from Germany, from Nigeria, all over the UK and certainly all over the US. So it's just been amazing and it's changed my life. 
One little microphone goes a long way. We're a big fan of Podmatch. Alex is a friend. I've been working with him since Podmatch was in beta. He recruited me out of LinkedIn. So really, uh, yeah, we're a big fan of the platform and several nice. of his other platforms. He makes great software for podcasters. So we actually, I was just yesterday, I was attending his quarterly podcast, virtual podcast convention. Oh, neat. So called Podtat. Podtat called pod talk <laughs> he changed the name on me it used to be called something else this is the first time of it being pod talks but yeah i was at pod talks q1 yesterday so nice. shannon before we dig in what's something everyone should know about you well that i come from a personal perspective not only a academic and um professional perspective. In my late teens, before I headed off to college, I was in a toxic relationship. And it was very, very hard to get free and get clear and to regroup for myself. And I think I've spent a lot of years accomplishing that. And it it's something that I am passionate about is to help people understand themselves better and help them understand how to take care of themselves emotionally better, so that they don't fall into those types of relationships and if they're in them how to work themselves out guys i want to share with you our new sponsor and then we'll be right back with more from shannon we're going to dig into toxic relationships one thing i usually don't share is how impactful the podcast has been for me personally there's a lot i love and appreciate because i have the podcast i become somebody who can approach people easier i have a better network of people to call upon when i need them I get to meet new people all the time from all walks of life and all over the globe and connect with them at a deeper level. And I have a voice to do what I love. I'm always put into situations where I'm having to stretch and learn something new. I've really grown as a person and a professional since I started doing my podcast. And that was even before my show really started growing. I hired a company called Grow Your Show, who's our sponsor, by the way, and I wanted to share them with you. The owner, Adam, has one of the very best podcasts for teaching you how to be a podcaster. I honestly wish I had found it sooner. One thing that they've done to help me is to bring me to a much larger listener base so that my voice is being heard around the world. There's a good chance, in fact, that they helped us connect. But they also do editing and post-production. They can even help you launch and start your podcast, which could really help you in your business or whatever you're trying to achieve. So I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. I love to share great people and companies that I believe in that I use personally. So that's Grow Your Show at growyourshow.com. I have a link in the show notes. And if you have a podcast or you want to start a podcast or you're thinking about it, just scroll down there, click that link and go work with my friend, Adam. He's going to treat All you right. guys. Welcome back. Be sure and check out our friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will absolutely take care of you. I appreciate him not only as someone I do business with, but as a friend, and I wouldn't share him with you if I didn't believe in this company. So right off the bat, Shannon, let me throw this out there. True or false, men can be caught on the negative side of a toxic relationship. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I know of and have worked with many men who have been in toxic relationships. And in many ways, it's harder for them to recognize that and get out because of the dynamic of not wanting to appear weak, of not wanting to appear that somebody's got one over on you, and not wanting to recognize that you're being manipulated and controlled by someone. So I think it's extremely common, and it's not well understood, and it's and really not well talked about. I think it's one of it's still a taboo subject almost because men just don't want to admit those things. But I do have a lot of men that watch the, the YouTube videos that I put out, ask good questions, come to the live streams. And also I have a lot of male clients who have come based on toxic relationships, not only in childhood, but in marital and spousal and partner relationships of all sorts. Okay, well, I wanted to clear that up because Men are often shamed exactly for what you were talking about, shamed and embarrassed to be seen as, you know, in a toxic relationship or appear victimized, just like men who are abused in relationships tend to keep quiet and pretend it's not happening. So I wanted to just qualify that out there for our audience, because this is absolutely a real thing. And so I, I want you guys to know, Shannon understands this is a real subject. This can be happening in your life. And so today we're here to help with some answers to that. Now, Shannon is the author of Out of the Fog, Into the Clear. My camera is going to play nice with me today. Sometimes it focuses, sometimes it doesn't. 
I don't think I have it on the right mode. Out of the fog in the clear, and guys, we'll have links, of course, for Shannon's book, Journaling to Help You Heal from a Toxic Relationship. Now, Shannon, at the beginning of the book, you talk about the fog and you described it oh, really like it, it was such a great, it's like, wow, that that's just, well, I'll just shut up and let you explain it. What is the fog? So the fog is an acronym for fear, obligation, and guilt. And when you're, so I use it because I'm a lifelong sailor and it really worked for me as an analogy. So in the fog in a sailboat, you feel completely disoriented, completely in terror, really, because you don't know what's in front of you, what's coming at you, how to get through a channel into safe harbor, say. And what you have to do is recognize that you are helpless in terms of that of that fog, and you have to rely on your radar. So in, on the radar screen, you've got these squiggly green lines that only mean something if you've studied and done your homework. But then you can see, based on those facts, you can steer a clear path into safe harbor. What happens in the fog of a toxic relationship, in that fear, obligation, and guilt, you've gotten sucked into this dynamic with someone, and you have such a, you feel lost, you feel terrified often, feel like you don't know which way is up, down, or sideways, and it's extremely difficult to see through the fog and get into safe harbor, get out of this relationship, or establish good boundaries. So we have to recognize that fear, how it started, that obligation that you got sucked into, and also the guilt that that person rides you with. So typically, since we're talking to mostly men on your channel, the this is a generalization, but most male toxic partners are overt, is what we would call it meaning they're more the bully, more the rager, more the sort of the outward overt kind of toxic. Whereas women toxic partners are typically very covert. So if you think about a Navy SEAL operation, the covert is no less deadly than the overt, right? <laughs> if the soldiers are coming at you guns blazing, that's deadly. But if the SEALs are coming at you under you know, cover, out you're still dead and probably, you know, you didn't see it coming and more shocked about it. So if you think about the covert toxic person as being just as deadly, but you can't see it. And so this is where I find a lot of men in relationships with toxic women is that they are completely blindsided by how manipulated, how controlled, and all this smorgasbord of manipulations that are getting thrown at them. So Shannon, that actually perfectly leads right into my next question is, how can we start to identify that we're in this state in a relationship? I think that one of the most important things to recognize is that in a toxic relationship, the other person feels that they matter and you don't. So their feelings, their thoughts, their needs, their wants matter. And your thoughts, feelings, needs, wants, goals, aspirations don't matter. And when you feel that sense of wow, how are they the only one that has any airspace in this relationship? That's a good indication. If you're feeling fearful of their emotions, fearful of their er eruptions or tantrums or act acting out behavior, and that can be suicidal threats. It can be just emotional hysteria. And again, this is kind of how women tend to, in a generalization, women tend to be toxic as they tend to manipulate, they tend to control through histrionics, through drama, through even suicidal ideation. And so these are the things to watch out for. And if you're feeling controlled, and if you're feeling manipulated, and if you're feeling like you don't matter, those are signs that you're in a toxic relationship. Now, Shen, you work with a lot of people in let's call them complex situations, shall we? Right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's something difficult to recognize. It's something difficult to admit to yourself. And it, on a lot of levels, it can be very complicated to get out of that relationship. Why is journaling, what makes this the, a really effective medium to process the situation? You know, your book really leans into the journaling. I love that it has journaling segments like, you know, work on journal on this thought. 
help people through why you decide that's just one of the better mediums for dealing with this? I think journaling is a way we communicate internally with ourselves and we and putting it on paper makes it more concrete than just talking to ourselves inside our own heads. So for me, it's always been a way of internally dialoguing with myself in a more outward way. So a lot of times people will journal and just vent, vent, vent. Then it's really important to come back around with the healthier self and say, okay, yeah, but let's think this through more rationally. So the venting is sort of that irrational blah, 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 blah. And then the rational self can come on board and say, okay, but A, A B, C, D, E, F, G are also true. So I think it, it can be really helpful in sorting things out and getting clear on what's irrational and what's rational. It's also helpful in terms of recognizing how we talk to ourselves inside our own heads, because most of us are not aware of that at all. And if we have a toxic relationship with ourselves, that's the first piece that has to be looked at. So in my very first section of journaling, I ask people to write out the way they talk to themselves when they are frustrated, when they are, have made a mistake, when they are you know, down for any reason. And if you tend to beat yourself mercil mercilessly, if you tend to be harsh and critical and just merciless with yourself, that's a toxic relationship within your own head. And if you think about it, we talk to ourselves inside our heads about 40,000 times a day. I don't know who counted it, but it's a really big number. <laughs> those are the, it's a big number. And so if you had someone saying those mean, nasty things to you 40,000 times a day, you'd be depressed and anxious. And that's what we're doing to ourselves. So we have to first take that out, look at it, figure out where it came from, and then walk through what's true. So, so those parts usually came about in early childhood or late adolescence, maybe. It could be familial or it could be toxic environments, communities, friends, bullying situations, all kinds of reasons that we turn on ourselves and become really toxic when we can shift that into, okay, but what's true about me now? You can see that you're a good father, that you're a good husband, that you have good values, that you have, that you are a hard worker. And so those are the truths and these are the lies. And as you start to sort that out and then become merciful and loving and forgiving towards yourself, then you have a healthy relationship within yourself and then you are set up to deal with the relationship outside of your own head. Now, I may be the odd man out, but Jen, I feel like, I know for me, for a long time, the idea of journaling was just, like I, I had, <laughs> I put no stock in it. I also you didn't use putting stock in like self-talk because I've always been like my biggest fan. I, I, I've got no problem when it comes to that. Like I, I cheer for myself, I'm my favorite person. But awesome. I feel like I said, maybe I'm the odd one, but I think it, for me, for a long time, I saw journaling as a more feminine, I don't want to say trait cause not, but a more feminine habit. Like we grew up associating diaries with little girls and, right. you know, writing down your thoughts in these books. That's something little girls do. That's not necessarily <laughs> after talking to a couple journaling practitioners on the show, I'm starting to see that there's a lot more depth to it and a lot more value. I know my wife does some journaling, but you know, what do you want to say to men who have, you know, kind of a little about the idea of journaling? Yeah, you don't absolutely have to journal it out at all. You can take those journaling prompts and use them to think through the things that I'm talking about, because it's all about your healing and different people, different strokes for different folks. Everybody's going to come at this differently. But it can be something to use to talk to somebody about a dear friend or even bring to your therapist if you have access to therapy. It's, it's just a way to chunk this down so that you can heal those different aspects of you and where you're at. So it's really important to read through those and whether you journal it out or not is immaterial. Guys, let me encourage you. I agree with Shannon 100%. After talking to several journaling enthusiasts and people who talk about journaling, there is a lot of power out of getting it out of your head onto paper. Like I didn't used to put stock in that, but I found like when a burst of creativity hits me, like I have to stop what I'm doing 
and do something. It may not even be on my schedule for the day. Usually not. It's like, nope, I have to stop all this and I have to get that out, right? I have to get that creative energy out. There are times I have to just stop and write a show because I have this thought. It's like, okay, I need to put it down on paper now. Uh, I love where it's going. And if I wait, A, it's not going to be the same. And B, it's going to just like gnaw at me. I need to get this down and make it real. So guys, let me encourage you, even if you're not a big journaling person, take bullet points, man. You don't even have to write, write sentences. <laughs> right. Try some, just bullet point your thoughts a little bit. Just get them down and out and give it a try. You might be surprised. Now, Shannon, how do we move to a self-care is okay mindset after we've been in this toxic relationship? We might still be in that relationship or might be starting to get on the other side of it. How do we shift our mindset to go, you know what? It's okay to care about me. It's okay to worry about how I'm doing. How do we start to make that transition? Yes, that's a really critical transition. And a lot of times, especially men have a hard time with that when they have been in this kind of relationship, they feel like they don't matter. They really do feel that way. And they may even feel like, I don't even know what my thoughts, feelings, wants, or needs are anymore because I've been so focused on this other person for this period of time. So what's really important first and foremost is to get clear on how you're treating yourself and then to begin to be your own best friend like you are, which is great. I don't meet many people that have that reality, which is wonderful. And then really beginning to take ownership of your own thoughts, feelings, wants, and needs. And here's what's really cool. Sometimes you have entered that relationship in kind of that placating, peacekeeping, people-pleasing mode. And now you're wanting to fully exist in that relationship. And when you take a, a more boundaried approach, that may be able to happen. Sometimes people have gotten into bad patterns that both of them don't want to be in. So if you can identify your thoughts and feelings and wants and needs and start to state those assertively, not aggressively, but assertively, and that other person respects your boundaries and respects your thoughts and feelings and wants and needs, that's awesome. Now you've moved into a growth stage in your relationship and there's potential there. If you do all of that and your partner escalates into drama and rage and implosion and explosion, then you know that's really a toxic relationship and that you're basically not allowed to exist in that relationship in a fully present way. And that's when you know that it's time to get out. We've been getting to know Shannon and identifying if we're currently in a toxic relationship, some tools to help you recognize that or if you're coming out of one. And a little bit into mindset change and a useful meaning for healing when we talk about journaling. In the second half of the show, we're going to start diving into some steps to heal from that toxic relationship. We're going to roll over to a message from our friends at Ghostbed, and we'll be right back with more from Shannon. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Welcome back. We spent some time getting to know Shannon and identifying where we're at in our relationship. Is it a healthy relationship? Are we maybe on the outside of one in recovery mode? We've talked a little bit about mindset changes and how journaling can be a useful medium for healing in the process with Shannon Petrovich. In this part of the show, we're going to dig deep into solutions and action items to steps to really help you start to heal from a toxic relationship. Now, Shannon, you built an acronym clear that you talk about in the second part of your book as a process to post our post toxic relationship. Can you walk us through what these steps are? Yeah. So clear stands for clarity. 
leaving emotionally as well as physically awareness, awareness. sorry <laughs> and rebuilding i have so, my copy right here if you forget it's okay <laughs> sorry to stumble over that no so worries. clarity is sort of going back to what i was talking about before when we're in that fear obligation and guilt we don't know which way is forward backward sideways up down and we feel very lost and we have to look at our radar and i call it in the book radar reality so we have sort of these two parts of our brain we have that amygdala which is that little monkey mind that just knows fear fight flight and freeze and that's all it can do it just reacts and it's fight flight or freeze and then we have our wise mind our cortex our upper cortex and that is our rational center so when the monkey mind's going off and we're shooting adrenaline to our system and we're in that freak out mode our higher cortex is offline i mean if you think about where you're in adrenaline mode you don't have rational thinking you have reactivity so we don't want to live our lives in reactivity we don't want to live in that fight flight or freeze mode so we have to get that calmed down and there's a lot of ways of doing that prayer and meditation are the primary ways self-talk self-calming lots of different things like that and i do talk about that in the book and then we have to take everything upstairs and look at things rationally and that's the clarity. And in that way, we see where the rocks are, where the, where the channel is, and we can steer a clear course. So a lot of times people don't understand that you can still feel love for a person. You can still feel like you're attached to that person and you can rationally decide to leave. That's so critical. That was what I didn't know when I was a young person. What I, nobody ever told me. I figured it out and I, really want to share that with people. You can still feel love for this person. You can still feel sorry for them. You can feel empathy for them and decide this is really unhealthy. I can't do this anymore. Everybody's telling me this is toxic and I need to get out. So when you recognize that clarity and keep those rational thoughts in mind, then you can lead emotionally as well as physically or sometimes only emotionally. So here's the, here's the cool thing too, that you can decide this is really toxic. I'm going to, you know, get divorced, but I have to stay in relationship because I have kids and I have to co-parent with this person. So how do I do that? What's most important is that you emotionally leave. So that means emotionally stepping back and learning to watch, watch the games, watch the manipulation, watch the drama and watch the myriad of manipula manipulation strategies. So typically a person, it's almost like they have a smorgasbord in front of them. So they'll try the anger. If that doesn't work, they'll go to tears. If that doesn't work, they'll go to guilt. If that doesn't work, they'll go to um, attack mode. You know, you're such a this or that. So there's just a myriad of different strategies. Then they'll gaslight you. I didn't do that. That's not how that happened. And it's just so, there's so many of them that it's like whack-a-mole and you think oh well okay i understand that one now this one's popping up <laughs> and then whack that one back you know so it's it's very confusing and when you step back emotionally and look at it and i call it watching the circus go by so if you can step back and say okay there it goes again okay there's that behavior again okay that's more manipulation and control and not get bought into it not get hooked by it then you're starting to make some emotional progress of emotionally leaving. Some people need to physically leave too. Some people don't. Sometimes you can salvage a relationship enough by just emotionally leaving and setting good boundaries. Like I talked about before, when you set good boundaries and say, no, that's not going to fly. No, when you start acting that way, I'm leaving or I'm hanging up the phone or I'm whatever then you start to make, and if that person can respect those basic boundaries, then again, you can sort of just emotionally leave and you may be able to physically stay present. Then we need to grow our awareness of everything or educate ourselves and, and then grow our awareness of that. And then the rebuilding process is many chapters at the end of my book. The rebuilding is very, very important. First, we have to rebuild our sense of self because typically in a toxic relationship, we've lost our sense of self. Again, that person may be telling you that you are 
you're a narcissist, you're a sociopath, you're a this, you're a that, you're whatever, you're mean, you're cruel. And if you know that you're an empathic, caring person, you know that's not true in your wise mind, but your little monkey mind is going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> so you have to rebuild your sense of self. And that entails getting with people who care about you and understanding what they see in you so that you can then rebuild that sense of yourself from a character's qualities and a values-based perspective. So our culture really stinks at this. In our culture, you are your bank book, your job, your, your likes on Facebook, your, all these things make up your sense of self. Wow, no wonder everybody in our world is anxious and depressed. You can't hang your sense of self on that stuff. It's superficial, it's fleeting, it's flighty. But a solid core sense of self means that I know who I am in a character qualities and values-based perspective. And when you have that in a solid way, internally anchored, then you have something solid to build yourself on. So that's a really important piece. And then we talk about rebuilding your connections and really rebuilding your whole life. I almost feel, I feel bad because it's a very serious subject. And I'm sitting here grinning ear to ear. You were talking about some of those manipulation traits. And it's like, I dated one or two of those before I met my wife. <laughs> but you started listing them off and in, in, in just exact order. This anger, <laughs> tear, right? It was like, yeah, there's a playbook. Okay, right. This is I was just recognizing this in some of my relationships before I met my wife. And it's like, wow, so glad that didn't get more serious. Okay. I, I didn't even know what to call it back then, but wow. So I it, it, I always feel guilty because I'm sitting here smiling during a very serious subject. And it's like, yeah, no, I remember that. Shannon, one of the things I wanted to touch on, you talked about in awareness in your book and just the way you phrase it just really, really caught my attention. Because you talk about how when you hit that awareness, you start to almost breathe again, like everything is new and you see the world in a whole new light and a whole difference. And there are a lot of people who I think they're afraid that they're so damaged that they'll never see like, like life will be never be happy again. Right. We have a lot of fears. I, I always see it on stupid over dramatized shows or are in Instagram videos and crap like that on social media, like I'll never love again, right? Those extreme uh, reactions. There is hope for life again, right? There is hope for healthy life again. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. And I think it, it is a really important aspect of getting clear and getting well because if we don't believe that there's hope, then why would we try? Why would we go through the fear and obligation and guilt and get clean and clear and get away from this person if life's never gonna be any better? And here's the trick. The, the smorgasbord of all those manipulation strategies hooks you into a trauma bond with that person. So you feel like you're in love. You feel like they're the only person in the world for you. You feel like if you leave this relationship, there's never going to be anything else for you. And that's where people get permanently hooked and really in danger of never getting out, never getting free and clear. So trauma bonding is not an attachment, it's not love. And that's the important thing. If you don't feel loved, then you're not being loved. And I know that sounds simplistic. When we're attached and trauma bonded, we think we're in love, but we really are not we're attached and we're trauma bonded. And the back and forth is the cycling. A lot of people don't understand this. It's not just the manipulation tactics. It's the cycling from love bombing. You're wonderful. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. Into the tantrum, the, the histrionics, all of that. And when that goes back and forth and back and forth, then you feel like you're living on those breadcrumbs of I love yous. And you're living on that little hook of I can make this better if I just don't do this and do more of that. You know, so these toxic people always say, well, if you hadn't said blah, 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 I wouldn't have exploded. If you hadn't done this, I wouldn't have imploded. If you would just do more of that, I'd be happy and then we'd be fine. None of that's true. <laughs> the other person is fully responsible for their emotions. You are not. 
And this is a really hard thing for people to understand. Your emotions are your business and your responsibility and their emotions are their business and their responsibility. So when, I mean, unless you're being abusive, their emotions are their responsibility. And when they're constantly hooking you with this love bombing and then devaluing you, telling you you're doing it wrong and you are bad, wrong, blah, blah, blah. That is what hooks you into that belief that you have to have this person and you have, you're living on these breadcrumbs of love and that you're no good and nobody else will love you any better or more than this person. So it's this, it's this tricky attachment trauma bond that people get hooked into that makes it really, really hard to get clear and get out. And when you step back emotionally and you have that awareness, oh my gosh, this is not love. That's manipulation and control 100%. I don't need this. I would be better off alone for the rest of my life than in this relationship because it's literally killing me emotionally, physically, because physically we can deteriorate because of this kind of toxicity constantly flowing through our brain. And I, and I am worth more. My character qualities and my values are really something that I love and respect in myself. And then I need to walk through getting clean and clear and getting out no i love it it's a complicated subject for sure it's kind of hard because like do do i really want to i know a lot of people who are just as afraid of being as being in a bad relationship so it's interesting insights but i do love that concept of like that fresh breath in almost like you're breathing for the first time and seeing the world in a whole new color guys it's there it's not outside your grasp. Now, if you're getting something out of this, be sure to do all the good social media nonsense. Click the button, hit the like thing, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. More importantly, guys, share this with a friend who needs it. Okay, that's the best thing you can do, not only for us, but for your friend. Share this, if you're listening to this and you know somebody who this could help, please share this with them. That is what we want, is we want to help people and encourage people, and this may be what breaks through. Now, Shannon, you talk about the fog, right? And the fear, obligation, and guilt. I think for men, one of the worst things that keeps us in these relationships is we feel that obligation and guilt in particular, not so much the fear, unless it's the fear of how people are gonna perceive us if we break from this relationship. But for men, right, obligation is a big thing that's just drilled into our head. Responsibility, obligation, and the idea of breaking from that can be very devastating for us. Can you talk about there's a difference between abandoning your responsibilities versus protecting yourself? Right. And I think that's such a good question, Brent, because men do really get hung up on this and you can take care of your responsibilities without basically getting soul murdered by this person. And that means that you, get clear about what's going on, and then you emotionally step back. And again, you may be able to stay present physically in that relationship, but be emotionally taking better care of yourself and walking away when the explosions and implosions happen or hanging up the phone or leaving or even telling that person that you can't act that way anymore and we need to separate when those things are happening. And you are obligated to take care of yourself and your kids if you have kids but you're not obligated to take care of another person's emotions. You can't, you know, that person is not an, and that person is not as emotionally fragile as you think they are. A lot of times that person is using those things to be dramatic, to tantrum, to try to get you to behave the way they want you to behave. So it's manipulation and control 100%. You know, I've worked with a lot of people and I even have a lot of people who have adult children or parents who are toxic. And, uh, you know, the, there's this uh, many situations where a couple will say, well, that per they're just out of control. They're completely out of control. And I'll say, well, what happened when you called the sheriff? Well, well, she settled down and she talked to the sheriff like nothing was wrong. I said, and what happened after the sheriff left? Well, she escalated again because we triggered her again. You didn't do anything. <laughs> She just showed you she is fully in control. She's not being triggered. She is bullying you 
with her drama, with her tantrums, with her histrionics. She is full on bullying you with that. And the suicidal stuff and all of it is just a really escalated version of bullying. Guys, you know, we're big believers in marriage till death do us part. And we would never encourage you to seek out of a relationship, especially if you have children that you need to take care of, but you do have to be able to take care of yourself. Okay. You're not saving your kids or protecting your children. If you are beat down and unable to function as a healthy individual. Okay. In fact, you're actually setting them up for failure because they're imprinting that this is how life looks. Okay. That's right. And you know, kids act on what they see and that's a really tragic truth, but typically kids from a family where this is going, this kind of thing is going on, this kind of dynamic is going on. They will fall into one of two camps. They will either be a bully or they will be the placator peacekeeper in their relationships. So you have to recognize what you're modeling for your kids and you have to learn to be assertive, not aggressive, but assertive again, in, in asserting your boundaries, your thoughts, feelings, wants, and needs, and in separating from those histrionics and those bullying tactics and manipulations. And I've seen men who are so distraught by some of these actions and toxic relationships that they literally have gone into the hospital with with serious medical issues that were all stress-related. So you could be abandoning your kids, literally, if by not taking care of yourself is so crucial. Don't forget you are obligated to your children to set the example that they need to follow. That is, that's one of those obligations, guys. We are obligated to take care of ourselves because we have to set the example for our young children because they're going to follow what you do. So look at that obligation as well. Now, is there a right way or a wrong way to journal as we try and walk through this situation? I think if you get stuck in the negative, that would be a wrong way. So sometimes people will journal and all they're doing is just reventing and reventing and being really stuck in the past and really stuck in the negative. And in my book, I walk through from A to B to C to D all the way to Z. And it's really important that you not just get stuck on A or stuck on B but work through the whole thing because otherwise I've definitely seen this and, you know, therapists in the past, I think, you know, mostly in the eighties were sort of that just being present with people and never giving them any idea of how to move past where they are right now. And to me, that was tragic time wasted. Um, I'm very much a let's get growing kind of thing type of therapist. You know, I'm not one of those who wants to sit around and say, I hear your feelings, (laughs) like, let's get busy. Let's get on with it. And so the journaling is something that I encourage in my practice, but probably half of the people don't do it and they think it through and they talk it through with me and that sort of thing. And that, like I said, is fine, but you can get a lot out of journaling. And if you don't have access to a therapist, it can be a way to, to work this through yourself and really get clarity and really learn to step back emotionally and set those boundaries and watch the circus go by and not get hooked into it and stay in your rational mind rather than being in that monkey mind that just wants to fight flight or freeze so what i'm hearing is as we process this there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to journal or to process through but the big catch is don't get hung up on one spot don't just sit there and emotionally dump don't get hung up on just the negative you actually have to proceed, whether you're journaling or whether you're talking to a friend or a therapist about issues, don't get hung up in one spot. Go through exactly. the process. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, that's kind of something that has happened to a lot of people in the past, even in therapy, is they just get hung up on childhood, for instance. And, oh, I had such a mis- miserable childhood. And I absolutely feel that and understand that and work on that kind of thing with people. And yet we can't stay stuck there. You survived. And, you know, a lot of times 
even in that first session that I have with somebody, I'll talk with them about how, isn't it a miracle that you survived? And look at what a good man you are and good father and good husband and good provider, even though what you grew up with wasn't that at all. Like what a miracle, who you are is a miracle. And so really focusing on that as who you are and your character qualities and your values and not getting stuck in the past of what you were told as a kid and you are useless or worthless or blah, 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 blah. Shannon, what are the first three steps our listeners can implement right now to start healing? If they've realized they're either in a relationship right now that is toxic for them. And guys, this can be friendships too, okay? Let me clarify this a little bit. We're not just talking about marriages. We're not just talking about romantic relationships. You can have toxic friends like this too. So what are three steps if we go, oh man, I'm either here or I'm just on the verge of getting out of that, that we can start walking out of this podcast. Where do we start? Three steps. I think the first step would be checking in on what is your relationship with yourself? How are you talking to yourself inside your own head? And where did that come from? And how did that, how can you switch that into how you would talk to a friend? If your friend's going through a hard time, you don't beat them up emotionally. You don't tell them he's a piece of crap emotion, you know, like you don't do that. So treat yourself the way you would treat your own best friend. Secondly, looking at stepping back and taking a radar reality snapshot of, of this relationship. And if you are having a hard time with that, ask your friends and family, because likely they have a lot to say and you haven't been listening. Because once you get involved, it's hard to pull away and look at it differently. So ask for help if you need it, and then write all that stuff down. Write down all the crisis points, the episodes, the drama points, Ask yourself if you actually feel loved, not if you feel love for that person, because you might, You, but it's mostly fear, obligation, and guilt, and it's attachment, and it's trauma bonding. So ask yourself and ask others, what is the reality of this relationship, and write it out so that you don't lose track of it. And then third, let yourself know for sure and for real that there is life beyond this, and that you will be you take yourself with you wherever you go. And if you've recognized that you have some really great character qualities and values, then you know that when you leave this relationship, either emotionally or physically both, that you have yourself on board and you can move on into a happier, healthier life. All right. Shannon, what is the absolute most important takeaway you want people to hear from this show today? If they hear nothing else, what do you want them to hear? That you really should be able to fully exist in a relationship. Your thoughts, feelings, wants, needs, aspirations, goals, and dreams should be fully present in a relationship. If your partner is not empathic, compassionate, and caring about all those aspects of you, then you are in a toxic relationship. You can get free and you can rebuild your sense of self and your connectedness and your life. What's next for Shannon? Goodness, I don't know. People ask me, when's your next book? I'm like, holy smokes, it was so hard. <laughs> I, People don't realize what hard work it is. But, yeah. but no, sometimes a thought will come to mind about self-care workshops and a book of all about self-care. We really have such a messed up vision about that. And I think I may want to focus on that next too. Okay, that sounds great. And of course, if you do write another book, then we'll have to have that one come through, right? do a follow-up on this and who knows sure. guys we'll do some follow-ups anyways where can That'd people awesome. find you so my landing page is called nofoggydays.com or therapisttalks.com both will get you there and it shows you the link to my book and also the links to my youtube channel linkedin tiktok all the stuff <laughs> and but nofoggydays.com is my landing page all right, and guys, as always, we'll have links to all that in the show notes everywhere you can find Shannon. And hey, you know, cheers for being on TikTok, right? I'm still working on <laughs> being present on TikTok because I I hate social yeah. media. I'm bad at it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's not my high, like, I love the podcast. I suck at social media, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, hard. It's hard. And I, 
yeah, I have very mixed feelings about it. But somebody <laughs> actually, it was a podcast host that said, you've got to be on TikTok. There are a lot of people, it's now 10 minute videos. And so before I couldn't say anything in three minutes, but, right. but yeah, you know, people are hooking in whether, wherever they're hooking in to get help where they need help. So there are a lot of people looking at that in terms of toxic relationships and getting well and having healthier relationships. So I jumped into it. <laughs> <laughs> now, guys, I know you've been waiting for the whole show for the question, what is a Bombay <laughs> duck? Is it a type of duck, a type of curry, a type of drink, or a type of fish? And Shannon said it is a type of fish. And congratulations, Shannon. It is a type of fish. I got it wrong the first time I did that. I thought it was a really? drink. Yeah, I thought it was a drink. Like, I was like, <laughs> that sounds like a mixed drink at a bar or something. It's, I knew it wasn't a duck, but it's like, so hey, if you guess a type of fish, congratulations and congratulations, Shannon, on that one. But guys, Shannon's book is more of a guidebook. Okay. It's got journaling topics all along the way to help you through the, this process and help you process. If you're like me and journaling isn't something you're familiar with or your strong suit, it will really help to walk you through that process. She's got journaling prompts specifically to help you process your feelings about the time, what's going on with you. This is what she does. If you're in a toxic relationship and looking for some help or recovering from one, you can get Shannon's book on her website. Like I said, we'll have links. It's also on my library page. I, as always, with all my guests, you'll find her book there with a permanent link to Amazon to buy her book. If you are in a bad spot, please, please, A, help yourself, and B, if you need help, get help. Don't stay in a relationship that is killing you slowly. It will not help you at all. And guys, we're really bad about feeling trapped in those relationships due to our obligations. Please, please, please nurture yourself. You're not helping anybody if you're not taking care of you. And being in that kind of relationship is not... Go check out Shannon's website. Go check out her book, Out of the Fog, Into the Clear, Journaling to Help You Heal from a Toxic Relationship. Shannon, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast with us today and answering questions. Thank you so much for having me, Brand. It's been an absolute pleasure. And guys, as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. And we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.